the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plum Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H dot com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and on the broadcast today, I'll be joined by Avery Foley, a speaker for Answers in Genesis, and we'll discuss climate change from a biblical worldview. You can reach me to share your thoughts or comments anytime at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Remember, plum is P-L-U-M-B, so it's theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Love to have you reach out to me. Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors. EPS Wealth Management of Phoenix, who serves clients in several states. Call them for a no-cost, no-obligation conversation about your financial concerns. 623-537-3657. Abundant Life Landscape, your irrigation repair specialist. Call them at 619-277-2410. And by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc., Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'm excited to be joined by Avery Foley, writer and speaker with Answers in Genesis. It's been a little while since Avery and I have visited and certainly have enjoyed the past editions where we got to visit about uh, different topics and issues, and you can find those when you go to Spotify, for example. Just look up The Plum Line with Jay Rudolph after the show airs on the radio. It goes up in podcast form, and so you can find those discussions that Avery and I have had in the past. One of those I'm recalling was about uh, idolatry, and uh, we've talked about some other things as well. Any past editions of The Plum Line you can find at places where you go for podcasts. But uh, welcome to the broadcast, Avery. Good to have you back. Thanks so much for having me again. It's great to be back. Yeah, and this time around, we're going to talk about climate change and the Bible, and particularly utilizing another great resource of many that have been put out by Answers in Genesis. This one's called Climate Change, a Biblical Perspective on the Controversy. And this is one of those controversies that doesn't go away. I guess most controversies are kind of, tend to be that way, where they carry on over ages and generations. And this one, of course, will carry on because it really dates to the creation of the world. Probably ever since the world was created, there were those who were, you know, fearful about one thing, or another in relationship to climate change. And and I'd start off by saying that climate change is real. We're not going to make an argument here, uh, try to say that climate change, you know, that we're opposed to a climate change happening because it does happen. There's no doubt the climate change gets warmer, it gets colder, and over the ages there have been many fluctuations and things, and that should come to be expected in the 
broken, fallen world that we live in. But the fear-mongering, I guess, is one way to put it. There are many times irrational fears about what is going to happen or what isn't going to happen. That's where, I guess, that's kind of what we're going to tackle or challenge here from a biblical perspective. Yeah, yeah. The question isn't, like you were saying, it isn't, is the climate changing? We can observe the climate is changing over time, over decades, it does change. The question more is, what is causing it? Is it a reason to freak out and totally lose our heads? Um, and, and really, that goes back to your worldview. Because if you believe that the world was created by God, that he made everything, he designed it, that our climate was designed by him for human life to flourish and, and the rest of the things God created to flourish, you're going to have a very different view of this than someone who thinks that life and the universe are the results of a big bang, you know, millions and billions of years of random processes that our, our Earth just evolved, the climate evolved, all of the systems in place, you know, the atmosphere, clouds, all of that is just the product of millions of years of evolution with no design. Well, then you're going to think very differently about this because there is no creator taking care of everything. There is no creator who lovingly set things up to make sure that human life could continue. So two different worldviews, two different views of this issue. Yeah, and another foundation to build upon here is that the biblical worldview teaches a balance in that we don't love and worship the earth, but we are mm-hmm. called in Genesis uh, pretty clearly to be caretakers, stewards have dominion over it. And so there's, there's that balance there, right? Yes, yeah. We don't want to worship Earth like so many people do today. Really, in Romans chapter 1, we read about people who rejected worshiping God and instead worshiped created things. And we see a lot of that creature worship, that Earth worship going on in the climate change controversy as people are elevating Earth and the climate above mankind, above mankind's needs, above the welfare of people, and really just just worshiping earth instead of worshiping the creator. Whereas we are called to be good stewards. We are to take care of the things that God has entrusted to us, but we're to have dominion over creation. We're to use it for our good, for God's glory. We're not to let creation have dominion over us. And that's what we see a lot in the climate change debate is people wanting creation to be in dominion rather than us be in dominion over creation, understanding the purpose of earth. And it's not to have an untamed wilderness where, you know, everything just flourishes without humans, but rather it's for us to take care of it and to use it for our good and for the glory of the one who made everything. Mm, Yes. Amen. One other background or opening statement here before we start to kind of dig in to this publication, which will get us deeper into this subject. And that is that, you know, the current worry or fear is global warming, but this is kind of evidence that this is probably an irrational fear because it wasn't all that long ago that the fear was uh, another (laughs) ice age coming. So yeah, these just kind of fluctuate back and forth. And when you look back at the history of this, you say, "Mm, boy, it doesn't seem rational that we have these fears because yeah, they just kind of go back and forth between uh, freezing to death and boiling over. (laughs) Right. That's why it's called climate change now. For those of us who remember back in like, you know, 2006, 7, 8, global warming was the phrase everybody was using. It was all about global warming. But warming seems to have slowed down. We're kind of at a bit of a plateau right now. They just changed the phrase to climate change, which incorporates everything. Ups, downs, whatever. It's all climate change (laughs) instead of just global warming. Yeah, and none of these fears have come to pass, I guess we could say. Because like you said, what was it, the 70s when they were talking about a next ice age coming? Yeah, they were worried about widespread famine and the population is just going to be decimated because it's going to be so cold, we won't be able to grow any crops. Obviously, none of that came to be. The majority of the predictions that have been made, the date 
you know, this is when this is going to happen, comes and it goes. Because if you have the wrong worldview, you're going to put the wrong assumptions into your models, and then you're going to get the wrong results from those models. So a lot of it just goes back to your worldview. How old do you think the Earth is? How long do you think the climate has been stable? How old do you think the ice cores are? All of that's going to interpret what data you put into your model, and then that's going to determine what comes out. And if your assumptions are wrong, what comes out of your model is also going to be wrong. Yeah. Amen. Well, so several thousand years ago, when uh, the earth was created, and according to the scriptures here, we saw a perfect world, a perfect creation. And so tell us why we even are talking about this and why we deal with climate change, because it all deals with the fall, right? Yeah. So God originally created earth. The book of Isaiah tells us he formed it to be inhabited. He made it for life. He designed it perfectly. God looks at his creation at the end of the six days of creation week in Genesis 131. And he says, behold, it was very good. God's original creation was perfect. There would have been no fears about the climate. There were no major climate events, you know, no hurricanes, no tornadoes, no droughts, no wildfires, none of that in God's original creation. But then, of course, mankind sins, Genesis chapter 3, where Adam and Eve, they rebel against their creator. They choose to want to be their own gods instead of submitting to the creator God. And that choice breaks creation. And it doesn't just, you know, result in human death. It doesn't just result in a broken relationship with God. It destroys God's very good creation. Now it is broken. If you go to Romans, chapter 8, I believe it's verse 22, it tells us that all of creation is groaning because of sin. So the whole world is just in a state of groaning because of our sin, our continued sin, our sin in Adam. And so the reason that we have these problems with the, with the climate, these ups and downs, has to do with the fact that we live in a world that is broken. It is no longer the very good creation God made. And so there's going to be droughts, there's going to be hurricanes, all of that is part of living in a fallen world that's groaning. And then as you you go through biblical history and you get to Genesis 6, you get the account of the flood. Well, now we have catastrophic change on the earth, right? You've got the fountains of the great deep bursting open. You've got all this volcanic activity going on. The continents are being ripped apart and moved. Just so much change going on. That's, of course, going to impact climate. And and as things are moved around, that's going to impact regional climates around the world. And then after the flood, we can go into the reasons why if you like, but you have an ice age that happens after the flood and that's going to impact the climate for a time and then everything settles down after that. So in the past, we've had radical major climate change, but God promised that seed time and harvest, summer and winter, cold and heat will continue until Jesus comes again. So we don't have to worry that things are going to spiral completely out of control and and life's going to be impossible because God has already promised that's not going to happen. Things will stay within a reasonable range where you can continue to have cold heat, summer and winter, you know, harvest and and springtime and all of that. Mm, Yeah, despite the fall and the curse and the changes that it brought about, yeah, we do have that promise from God. And of course, we have the promise Mm -hmm. of the rainbow, too, that the earth will not be flooded again. So these are all physical weather events that we have promises about, and we can trust those with 100% certainty because God has proven himself to be faithful to his promises. So, yeah, amen. Well, and before I talk about one final change that is yet to come that Ken Ham mentions in this little booklet here that I'm looking at, I want to kind of transition here into the reality that sin 
and the curse brought about suffering for all of creation. And there may be some tuning in just to hear about this discussion here. They're really interested in our talk here about climate change, but they don't really recognize or realize what sin and and the curse has done to them as a person, as an individual. Mm -hmm. And so let's just share a little bit about the result of the fall, the result of the fact that all have a sin nature now, and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, is separation, brokenness. But that Mm -hmm. can be dealt with. Jesus has dealt with that. And so tell us a little bit about that for the one tuning in in particular who maybe doesn't know that. Yeah, so like we were talking about, the curse affected creation, but of course it also affected us. Now we physically die. Death was not originally part of God's creation. And we'll also experience what the Bible calls the second death, eternal separation from God because of our sin, because of our rebellion against our Creator. But the most amazing words in the Bible, right? But God, He didn't leave us in our sin. He chose to send His Son, Jesus Christ, to come to earth and live the perfect life that none of us can live. We cannot fully obey God, but Jesus did, and He did it for us. And then He went to the cross, and He died in our place. And He takes that penalty of death that we deserve because of our sin. He took it on Himself when He died on the cross. And then He rose from the grave, and He offers the free gift of eternal life with Him. Instead of the second death, we get eternal life with Him in the new heavens and new earth, where all of the groaning and brokenness of this world will be done away with forever. And we will get to dwell with him for eternity. That's the amazing news of the gospel, that we can be redeemed, that we can be restored. That relationship with God that was broken because of sin can be restored through faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. Not our own works, nothing we do. It's all because of what Jesus did on the cross. Amen. Well, Avery Foley, my guest, and if you're tuning in right now, friend, and hearing her share those words and that message, and maybe for hearing that for the first time, or maybe you've heard words like that, a testimony, a message like that many times, but have never made the decision to give your life to Jesus Christ, to trust in Him as your Lord and Savior, today can be the day of salvation for you, and wouldn't we love to hear that testimony come to us on email that you came to faith in Jesus Christ through the seeds that have been sown here. Well, if that's uh, speaking to you, reach out to me. If you need to know more, if you want to connect with me, I'd be glad to get together with you one way or another and share the good news of the gospel with you more. The Plum Line Radio at gmail.com is the email address. Remember, Plum is P-L-U-M-B. There's a B at the end of the word Plum. The Plum Line Radio at gmail. Dot com. I'm going to continue with Avery. We're going to talk about a final climate change uh, to come here in just a moment, and then we'll continue working our way through various aspects of this subject, climate change from a biblical worldview here on the Plum Line. So stay tuned for more. Proverbs Payments is a partner with the Plum Line in helping me to raise the funds necessary for broadcasting this gospel-proclaiming show. Proverbs Payments is a Christian credit card processing company who is kingdom-focused instead of profit-focused. To learn about how they can benefit your business or ministry, visit ProverbsPayments.com. This is the Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I am excited to be joined by Avery Foley once again. We've started off talking about climate change from a biblical worldview here, and we're going to continue our discussion and move into what I said right before the break, that there is a final major climate change to come, and it will usher in a new heaven and a new earth, and we won't get into all the eschatology here necessarily, because I don't know what view you hold, and um, it doesn't really really matter here. The, The important thing is that regardless 
regardless of what eschatological view you hold, there are going to be some changes uh, to this earth. And, you know, some would believe the earth is going to burn up and we'll have a new earth. And some say that the new earth will come down and kind of envelop this earth that we're on now. But whatever your belief or understanding is, that the point being is the scriptures make it pretty clear that there's going to be a major climate change to come, right? Yes. So we have God's promise that you mentioned earlier from Genesis 9 that, you know, there's never going to be another global flood, but there is a coming global judgment on sin. It's not going to be a global flood this time, though. According to Second Peter, God is going to judge this earth with fire and create a new heavens and a new earth. And that's the climate change people need to be concerned about. <laughs> we need to be concerned about the coming judgment and whether or not we stand before God clothed in the righteousness of Christ or whether we will face his judgment for the sins that we have committed. That's what we should be concerned about, our relationship with God, whether we have been forgiven through Christ or whether we'll stand on our own. And if we stand on our own, there's no hope because our sin has separated us from God. So I would encourage people, go read what Second Peter chapter 3 says, what it talks about. It, it talks about the past and how there's, there's going to be people who deny God created everything, that deny there was a global flood like we read about in Genesis chapter 6, and they're going to scoff that Jesus is returning again. He's taking a really long time. He's not coming back. Don't worry about it. But he is going to return. He's kept all of his promises so far, and he will most assuredly keep all of his promises that he will return. We don't know when that will be, but he will come back. And he's not coming back as the you know, lowly, humble babe in the manger coming to offer salvation. He's coming back as the conquering king to judge those who have not repented and put their faith and trust in him. Mm, yeah, amen. Well, and that leads right uh, back to what we were sharing right before the break, the message of the gospel and the importance of putting mm-hmm. your faith in Jesus Christ and in him alone so you can stand in that day when that happens, when the final climate change takes place. And so I appreciate what Ken Hammond to say to wrap up his opening chapter to this resource that you can find when you go to the Answers in Genesis website. This is basically looking at a biblical perspective on climate change. It's called Climate Change, a Biblical Perspective on the controversy from Answers in Genesis. And uh, Ken sums up his little discussion about global warming in the abnormal world that we live in. He says climate change is normal in an abnormal world until people are prepared to accept why this world is abnormal. In other words, until they hold to the truths of the Bible and realize this has occurred because of sin, because of the fall, they will not be able to properly understand climate change and respond appropriately. And so that sums up, I guess, our opening thoughts that you and I have shared together, Avery. And let's move now into your portion of this great resource here entitled Science Confirms Climate Change. We've talked about this a little bit already, uh, the reality that, yes, there's no doubt there have been many climate changes that have taken place. Tell us a little bit about why it is that there is this difference. And as you said, it comes down to difference in worldview. But explain that a little bit more. Why is it that there is such a stark difference between those who see, you know, climate change as something to not be worried about and those who are all worked up and fearful about it? So it really goes back to, like we were saying, it goes back to your worldview. The the observational evidence clearly shows that there is change in the climate, the climate shifts. If you go back just like 400 years into the past, you hit what was called the Little Ice Age when temperatures just plummeted, you know, rivers in England were freezing. Like it was not a great time. It was very, very cold. And then Earth 
came out of that and, and temperatures rose and, and things stabilized a little more. And, and so we've seen climate changes like that in the past. And we, we even see that today. We see, like we were talking earlier, back in the 70s, that the temperature was dipping. Now it's rising again. And back in the 40s, it was changing. So there's been climate changes throughout all of history. It, very few people, if anyone, is going to deny that climate shift. The real question is, why? And is it something that we should be concerned about? And if you listen to the news, they will tell you absolutely 100% you should be losing your head over this. You know, so many people who are like my generation and younger are not having children because they're so afraid that the world is just going to be destroyed. Their children will never have a good life. So why bring life into the world? So much just absolute panic and fear over this. But is that really the right response? Well, when we look at this from a biblical worldview, we understand that ultimately God is in control. Like he's not going to let things spiral completely out of control because he's made a promise to us in Genesis chapter eight, verse 22, that seed time and harvest, like we talked about seed time and harvest, cold and heat, you know, all of that is going to continue, that life is going to be able to continue. And then we also have to understand that your worldview, what you think about the past, it really does matter. According to the evolutionary worldview, Earth's climate's been fairly stable since the last ice age, you know, 12,000 or so years ago. Uh, and so any big changes in the climate, or even any smaller changes, it makes them kind of freak out a little bit. Like humans must be doing something. It must be our fault because the climate's been so stable for so long. But if we look at that from a biblical worldview, well, we don't go to the ice cores and see tens of thousands of years of history in those ice cores. Rather, we see the evidence of a post-flood ice age that very quickly, because of unique conditions that will never be replicated again, because there's not going to be another global flood, because of those unique conditions, we have different things like those ice sheets in Greenland and down in Antarctica forming. So we're not looking at you know the tens of thousands of years of climate data we're only looking at maximum a couple hundred years of climate data in there. And because it was during unique conditions that will never be repeated, you can't really use that to you know, put out the climate for, for this amount of time because it was such a unique event. So depending on your worldview, you're going to have a very different interpretation of that data. And that data determines models, which determines the outcome. And, and just as a, like a, a practical point, the models that have been developed where they put these evolutionary assumptions and climate data in, they very rarely ever accurately predict the warming. They, they're not able to predict the past, like the known past. Their models don't accurately account for the known past, and they don't accurately predict what's coming either. As, as you know, models have been made for a while now, several decades, and as you get to where the models are supposed to be predicting, the data hasn't lined up with what the model predicted. So we know there's something wrong with those models because they're not predicting accurately the future so we shouldn't trust them as they continue out into the future either yeah yeah and we shouldn't trust that they think they know what happened in the past either as a result so <laughs> right they're not starting with the right foundation yeah, that's worse. exactly and i bring that up because i just kind of wanted to humorously mention what i had read just recently and probably you saw it too that we were supposed to get out and see the green i think it was the green comet that hasn't been seen for seven billion years and <laughs> 
And then, oh my. Yeah, and I'm sure the person that saw it seven billion years ago, you know, I recorded that until. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, yeah. You get these, World view determined. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. All you have to do is open your, you know, newspaper or whatever, go to, you know, a lot of these websites, and you can see pretty crazy uh, things that come from the wrong worldview, from the secular mm-hmm. humanist worldview. So, but um, just briefly here, as we need to wrap things up, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit more in part number two. By the way, listener, this will be a two part series on this subject here, so you can tune in for the next edition. But just wanted to touch on what our response should be, because as we look at this, then we've kind of, you know, made it clear that we're not to panic or anything over this. But I guess I don't even know how to pose this question. How much do we need to do? What should we, you know, I think of just getting to the point of um, trying to control emissions, recycling, and a lot of these things have some value to them, but how far do we go? So what the big question, I'll try to answer it quickly. The controlling principle should always be people are made in the image of God. So people have a value that is so far above the rest of creation. That's not to say creation doesn't have value. God loves his creation. Matthew 10, Jesus talks about how two sparrows are sold for a penny, and yet not one of them falls to the ground apart from the Father, right? Like, he knows, he cares, he loves his creation. But humans are made in the image of God. So we always want to be making sure that humans are put first. So many of these climate policies affect the poor horribly. They keep nations in poverty because they won't allow them to easily access cheap energy. Instead, they want them to use these so-called clean energies that are very expensive, very unreliable. The technology is just not there yet. And so that's keeping nations in poverty. It's keeping people from being able to get out of that and to access clean, cheap energy. Is the, the, or Cheap energy is the easiest way for people to be able to get out of, of poverty. So holding people back is not a way to be a good steward of God's creation because it's not putting people first. And so, of course, we want to be doing things like not littering and and trying to recycle and things like that. But carbon emissions haven't been shown to have a big impact on the climate. We can get into that in part two on how little of an effect it actually has. So I don't think we need to be super concerned about that, but we do need to be careful. We're not polluting waters and, and things like that because, again, that's going to adversely affect people and the, the other wonderful things that God has created. Mm, yeah, very good and very well put in just a moment there. Sorry for dumping that on you with just a moment left here. But we will, as you said, we'll continue and pick up right on that very aspect when we move into the second uh, part of this series. My guest again, Avery Foley, and we are talking about climate change from a biblical worldview on the plumb line. She's a writer and speaker with Answers in Genesis. And I encourage you to join me for the next edition. We'll dig more into this. And I'd love to have you reach out and share your thoughts, comments, questions about the broadcast. I will be glad to respond to those. And remember, the Plum Line is a listener-supported radio ministry. You can reach out to me at this email address, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. And I will connect back with you, let you know how you can support as well if you'd like to do that. Theplumlineradio at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on The Plum Line. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.